Well, it's great to be here with you and uh, great to be worshiping with you. And, uh, man, we're in a series, a series called The Great I Am. In fact, we're closing it out today. We're putting a giant exclamation point on this series today, all right? The Great I Am. We've looked at who Jesus Christ is, and uh, this is through his words, right? He revealed himself. He said, I am, and then he filled in the blank, and, and uh, here's a few things he said. I am the bread of life. Like he comes down from heaven and he brings eternal life with him. I am the bread of life. And uh, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. Through me you can know the right way. You can know who God is. He is the light. And uh, He said, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Both of those kind of together, right? I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. This responsibility for caring for his sheep for taking care of those he loves as we looked at those two weeks, just seeing the amount of protection he provides, provision that he provides, the care that he provides. Hear me, Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you. He is the good shepherd and he knows everything about you. And here's the deal, if we're his sheep, if we're good sheep, we know his voice. And we respond to him. And uh, he is the great I am in many fronts. The bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life. Remember this week we looked at uh, was Lazarus. And the Lazarus being raised from the dead. He has authority over death and sin. Man, he conquers that which conquers us. Are we getting that? He puts that thing to rest which puts us in constant turmoil, death and sin, and he is our hope. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Everybody say there's one. Dude, there's one way. That's why he used the word the. He didn't say I'm a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, may we come worship him as the solution. And the hope for us. And then last week we looked at he is the true vine. We can abide in him, draw life from him. We can literally learn what it is to know him and to know his passions. We can, as we get to know him, be praying just as he would pray. And the answer comes rolling in yes. And he says in the end, through obedience and through abidance comes this huge joy. The satisfaction in being with Christ. And... Uh, Simple question. Does it seem like a bunch of words and rhetoric, this Jesus talk? And, and like, if that's where you're at, where you're like, I don't know, man. I hear what you're talking about, but it didn't really rock in me. And I'm not sure I really get it. And I'm not sure I'm really stirred by it. And um, here's all I can say. Today, we're going to take a hard look at what it looks like for him to be worshipped. Okay. We're going to take a look into a glimpse of the throne room of the King Almighty. He is the great I am, Jesus Christ. That means he exists from eternity past to eternity future. He exists as the I am. And he is worshipped for all eternity. And right now, some of us, man, we, we do a pretty lame job. We make it all about us, right? And then, Lord, shape us, grow us. May we learn in this area. And Lord, help our worship to increase for you. But I'm telling you, as we take a look at this passage, we are going to see worship on fire. This is just a taste 
of what heavenly worship is going to be like. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. We're going to start right in verse 1. What does worship look like of the great I am of Jesus Christ? And how should I respond? So first point, grasp. He is worthy to run this universe. Grasp. He is worthy to run the universe. Jesus Christ is. Grasp it. All right. He starts out in verse 1 here. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? All right. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Why is it important that he said right hand? Why that detail? Well, because when you look at God, when you hear the speaking of ruling and right hand, this is the judging hand of God, the right hand of God, the one that is in charge, his ruling right hand, okay? His authority is being spoken of here. When this scroll is sitting in his right hand, it's like, by the way, he's in charge of everything that's going to come out of this scroll. This is him in charge. That's why it says right hand. And uh, then I saw in the right hand of him who is seated on the throne. Him who is seated on the throne. Everybody just say, that's God the Father. That's God the Father. Well, how do you know, Tim? How do you know it's not Jesus sitting on the throne, right? We see in Ephesians where it says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. How do you know that's not that? We're going to see Jesus come into play in just a little bit. He enters the scene in a little bit. This is God the Father, and he's holding on to the scroll it says, then I saw in, his right, in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Okay? There's really two possible understandings for this phrasing. It's either got writing on the inside and the outside, and it's also sealed. Could be that. It could be that it's written on the inside and on the outside is the seal. It's not quite clear which way it is. One thing we know for sure, there is definitely writing on the inside, and we definitely know there's seals on the outside. Definitely know that, okay? So picture this scroll rolled up, writing on the inside, possibly even some writing on the outside, and seals sealing it down, okay? That's what we've got in his hand. A giant scroll with writing and seals. It's sealed with seven seals. With how many seals? Seven, man, that's really important to understand. That's a number we see over and over as relating to God himself. It's God's number, seven. And when you see something being done and you see the number seven in it, know this, God's got a lot to do with it. That's what happens in scripture with the number seven. So this word seven seals here, it's like, and let me make this clear just by telling you the number. These have been sealed by God himself. Right? That's what he's saying. These have been sealed by God himself. Now, Question, what does a seal even do? And for those of us today, we really don't quite understand it. We have envelopes. We like lick the back and just stick it down and it sticks, right? And then we mail that off and it gets to its destination and everything works out fine. But here, there was something more going on. The question A was, can I even trust the content of what's in this? And B is, can I trust it to be delivered? Content and delivery are guaranteed by the seal, okay? And so when this seal is put down and somebody puts wax on and then presses in this image into the wax, 
If you look at the wax and the seal real carefully, you can see who is declaring this content to be true and who is guaranteeing its delivery. In other words, if you take this scroll and you keep it from getting it to its ultimate destination, you will have this person to deal with, right? And so when the Roman government put its seal on something, you did not mess with that because you would be messing with the Roman government itself on the backside. And God's like, just so you know, this is my scroll. These are my seals. I guarantee this content, and it will be delivered. Nobody messes with this. Okay, that's what's going on. Big statement about the trustworthiness and the guarantee of what's taking place. It says, a scroll within and on the back written, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, and I saw a mighty, have you ever seen an angel? Yeah, I haven't either. Have you ever seen an angel? It's okay to answer. Have you ever seen an angel? Yeah, no, I haven't either. And, but this guy's seen an angel, and what does he write down? He's like, and I saw an angel. No, no, that's not nearly clear enough. I saw a mighty angel. He's like, I saw a really big angel. Nope, that's not good enough. I saw large, no, I saw mighty angel. In fact, it means extremely strong. Now, strength is usually something you have to see exercise to get it, right? So to just see the angel and know that he's strong, just imagine what he's seeing. This angel must be huge in size. He's like, whoa, right? You look up, that thing is huge. That is a massive angel. And then when he speaks, he thunders forth in a loud voice. And as he heard this, he grasped the massiveness and authority of this angel. He saw a mighty angel, probably due to its size, probably due to its brightness, probably due to its volume as he speaks. We're going to see it in just a second here. Check this out. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice. With what kind of voice? And he thundered forth. Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? It's like, anybody want to come try to take this scroll? Who's worthy? The answer, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. No one was able to open it. Now, it doesn't say, does that mean some came and tried and they couldn't? Or does that mean no one even dared? They knew they were so unworthy. It doesn't say. But one thing we know for sure is no one was able to. How many were able to? No one. Don't lose sight of that. Who is worthy? Answer? No one. No one. No one in the heavens, no one on earth, no one under the earth, no created being worthy. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. By the way, if you want to know how loud his voice was, when the angel thundered forth, who is worthy, look how far the cry went. To the heavens, to the earth, to under the earth, covering the vastness. Can you imagine John standing there? Right? So we're in Revelation. This is the Apostle John writing this. And he's standing there seeing this vision. And this angel thunders forth. And he's like, 
And it's every, and he's like, I'm telling you, it went everywhere. His volume filled everything. And no one was worthy. No one. Right? God the Father is holding the scroll. All of created, all of creation could not respond. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look into it. And I began to weep. And I have to say, the first time I read this, I was just kind of reading through the passage quickly, and it kind of doesn't match up. Really, as you're reading, you're like, wow, this is impressive, this is exciting. And then you start weeping. Why would you start weeping, right? And, and it's because we don't understand it. In, in essence, we almost have to see this like you watch a movie, you know? And you're sitting there watching the movie, and as it's going along, all of a sudden there's this underlying music that starts playing. And depending on the music that's playing, you're like, uh-oh, somebody's going to die. Right? You can just tell. You can feel it. Like the import is rising. Something bad's going to happen right now. Right? You get that sense of it. There's something very important that just came down. That happened right here. As he's seeing this and watching this, it wasn't just some events going on and he's distracted and looking around. And it, This was so the point. And the importance of it is rising. And the thundering of the angel and the rumbling underneath, it said, this is utterly essential to be managed. And no one was worthy. What do we do? And, uh, he grasped that the entirety of this creation was in hand. And something was necessary to be done. It says, I began to weep. Just so you know, this is in uh, something in the original language called the imperfect. It's the ongoing. And I was weeping and weeping and weeping is really what's being said there. It's not just a one shot. I cried for a little bit. This is an ongoing weeping taking place. A lot of weeping. Notice it says, and I wept. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, I love this. Weep no more. Have you ever had those moments where you're devastated and there's a person standing with you and they're like, stop crying? And you're like, why? What are you even saying to me? Please make sure that if you're ever coming to someone and you're asking them to stop crying, that you have a good reason, right? Weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, right? And this one is weeping, John is weeping, and the elder comes up to him, and he actually has a comment for him. He says, weep no more, answer, behold. And what does that word mean? Check it out. When you see the word behold, it means check it out. He's like, listen, man, your weeping can stop. Yes, no one in creation was worthy, but check it out. He says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of of David has conquered so that no one, so that now he can open the scroll and its seven seals. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David, and he has conquered. Everybody just say, this is Jesus. Dude, this is Jesus. We now have this awesome moment of God the Father and all of creation found unworthy and God the Son now found worthy, and it says he has conquered so that he can now open the scroll and its seven seals. What does it mean he conquered? 
Well, I just wrote these verses down. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 3, talking about Jesus. Paul is saying here, For I delivered to you as of first importance that I also received, that Christ died for sins in accordance with the Scripture. He died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture. Jesus Christ, he went to the cross, he died and he rose again for our sins, for what we owed. Jump forward to verse 56 in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and he says, Oh, death, where's your sting? Right? He ends up saying, The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The work on the cross, his death and resurrection. He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. He is the victor. And in this created world, Jesus Christ, who spoke it into existence, who sustains it by his presence, he is the only conqueror. And all of God's people said, Jesus Christ, man, he has conquered and because of it, he is found worthy. And he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And uh, he alone. God. See, all too often we think of ourselves a little too highly. Right? And uh, we start to think of ourselves as very worthy, in fact. If you knew me, you would find me very worthy. Right? We start thinking that way. We may not advertise it that way, but that's how we think. And, uh, all right. So there was a governor. He was going to uh, a speaking engagement. It was a rally. And uh, he was excited to be a part of the rally. He's a very humble, non-assuming guy. He shows up at this rally. He had a speech that was to be given later on in the day. And so he's just meeting people. He's shaking hands. He's talking with people. He's laughing. He's joking. He's connecting around. And uh, the governor's just doing a great job of really networking and relating to people. Super unassuming and humble guy. Did a nice job. He's starving at this point. He hasn't had breakfast. He hasn't had lunch. So he goes over to the food line and gets a plate and comes up and gets in front and starts putting a little bit on. And he gets to the meat, the chicken, and the lady who's serving it ends up giving him a piece of chicken. And he goes, oh, this looks great. I have not had any breakfast or lunch. I would love to have two pieces of chicken. Could I just have another piece of chicken? And she goes, no, I'm sorry. I've been told by the person who owns the place and all that's going on, one piece of chicken, that's all I can give. And normally he'd be like, okay, fine, whatever, we'll just let it go. But quite frankly, he's pretty hungry. And he's like, what in the world? He leans forward and he goes, do you know who I am? I am the governor. I am going to be speaking in a little bit. Can I please have a second piece of chicken? She leans forward holding her tongs. She goes, do you know who I am? I am the chicken lady, <laughs> and you get one piece of chicken, sir. Keep moving. And, uh, dude, we don't even rate against the chicken lady, <laughs> right? She's got her orders and her marching orders, and it goes that way. I want you to understand, we don't even measure up to the person managing the line. That's where we stand. Jesus Christ, he is over all. He is completely worthy. Everyone, everything reports to him, and he has conquered death and life. Jesus Christ, he is worthy. And all of God's people said, 
man, grasp this. I'm just going to ask you to do this now. Take your hand. Just hold your hand up in the air right by your shoulder, however. Hold it like this. Now grip down tight. Okay, you're holding a grip. Now tighter yet to the point where you feel it in your palm. Hold it tight. Grip it. Maybe your hand starts shaking. Grasp it tight. Got it? Keep holding. This is a grasp. This is a grasp. Do you grasp that he alone is worthy? Are you holding on to that with all you've got? And don't lose sight. Jesus Christ is worthy. Grip onto it and hold tight. He is worthy to run this universe. It's first and foremost in importance, all right? Grasp it. Number two, acknowledge. He is worthy to receive all power, honor, and glory. Acknowledge. He is worthy to receive all power, honor, and glory. He starts out here in verse 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now, if you haven't read Revelation or it's been a while, you may forget what's going on. So let's make sure we get the characters in this play. All right. In this scene, we have four living creatures. Okay, and we don't know much about them, but the word zoe is built into them. There's something about eternal life in these creatures, these four eternally living beings who are in the throne room presence of God. We see them introduced back in chapter four. And so there's the four living creatures. There's also 24 elders, 24 elders, and we don't know much about them. And it doesn't tell us a lot of detail. Um, Many think that these are actually uh, human beings who in some way have been rewarded greatly because of their faithfulness here on earth and their belief in Jesus Christ. And they now are carrying this crown of glory. We're told in uh, chapter 4 they have crowns of glory. They have white robes. Um, We see a lot about them. In a little bit we're going to see that they bring forth song. They've got a lot of what a human being would bring. It's possible these elders are actually human beings who have been rewarded with some responsibility level of the throne room of the Almighty King. Can you imagine In some way, shape, or form, we know this. They're created beings, these 24 elders, and they are around the throne room of God, and they are in large part responsible for the worship of God Almighty. Okay? So we have four living creatures, and we have 24 elders. And Okay? Here we go. Let's reread it now. And between the throne, which is where God the Father is, and the four living creatures, and among the elders... There's 24. How many elders are there? 24, all right. And amongst the 24 elders, I saw a lamb standing. Everybody say, that's Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. This is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is the root of David. This is the lamb. And notice it says, as though he had been slain. Literally in the original language, slaughtered. And what does that mean? What did he look like? We're not sure. In some way, it was perfectly clear to John that this lamb had been sacrificed. There had been a sacrifice of some sort that had taken place. Is it that he simply saw the nail marks in hands and feet? Could be. Could be way more than that. Could be way more graphic than that. We're not sure, but whatever he sees, he knows this. While there had been a slaughtered nature to this being, he is alive. He is standing And he brings hope. This is why I was told not to weep. 
Behold, this one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, this one, the root of David, this one, the lamb who was slain, Jesus Christ, he is standing amongst them by the throne and the four living creatures and the elders. It says, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And uh, a lot of symbolism in Revelation. And the word horns, just so you know, when you see horns, that's talking to leadership, all right? So seven horns, like God's perfect leadership. The word seven there, right? The number seven. Perfect leadership, his headship, his ruling. There is perfect headship in him, perfect rulership. And then the seven eyes and perfect discernment. And this is the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits, right? This is the Holy Spirit going out into all the earth, it says. This is God, the Holy Spirit, represented in the seven eyes. God, the Son, represented in the Lamb. And God, the Father, sitting on the throne. We have just been introduced to the Trinity in a powerful way. God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, all in one picture right here. And this massive, massive Worship organization of the 24 elders and the four living creatures and all the rest in the heavens. And uh, the seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Man, the Holy Spirit has a huge role to play in this world. Know this. He is God Almighty. And be careful. Don't call the Holy Spirit it. He, the person of the Holy Spirit, and he is powerfully at work convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. He is healing and transforming. He is praying on our behalf. He is our comforter. He is the shepherd that Jesus Christ left in his absence. The Holy Spirit, huge part of God with us. And uh, So we see God the Father. We see God the Son as the Lamb who had been slain. And we see the Holy Spirit. It says that this Lamb, he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Okay. It's too easy to miss the uptake on this. Remember, the Father is holding the scroll, and no one is worthy. The mighty angel thunders it forth, Who is worthy? And the answer is, No one was worthy. No one created is worthy. But the Lamb of God, the root of David, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, he approaches the throne. Can you imagine the moment now? We have to get this picture, man. There has been this thundering invite. Who is worthy? And everybody's watching. You could hear a pin drop. And the Lamb standing in and amongst the area of worship where the Father is, steps forward. Jesus Christ, he reaches out and he took the scroll. See, we need to hear that as a thundering moment of worthiness. He is worthy. He took the scroll. And so our response needs to be huge, man. Like when I say he took the scroll, we need some massive celebration for his worthiness. Are you ready? Are you going to be able to bring this? We're going to have, that's not even close to convincing me. Are you going to be able to bring some serious celebration? All right, here we go. And I saw a lamb standing as though he had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went 
and he took the scroll. Amen. Amen. He took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, get this, did they grasp what was going on? The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They fell down before him and they worshiped him. Is Jesus Christ God? And if not, they're now in idolatry. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they fell down and they worshiped the Son. He is worthy. And they were crushed with his worthiness. They fell on their faces, recognizing none of us in all of creation is worthy. But you, you are worthy. And they fell to their faces. And when's the last time you were on your face before God? Because of your unworthiness and his worthiness. Worship your king, right? And the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb. This awesome worship moment. Can you imagine all eyes now looking into the throne room? All eyes looking at the throne as God the Father is seated, as the elders and four living creatures around, as the lamb in between. He's got this in his hand, and they all fall to their faces in worship. There's a massive moment in front of you. Picture it with your mind's eye. Make sure you can see it. Can you see the throne? Maybe even just close your eyes if you need to. Can you see the throne? And the four living creatures and the 24 elders and they're on their face and Jesus Christ in a glowing, white, glorious, pure and they're before him on their faces because of his worthiness. It says that they had things in their hands. They had the harp and they had golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. The prayers of all those longing for him, longing for God to be in charge and take over. And it says, and they sang a new song. Man, if you ever wondered the value of a new song, check out Revelation 5. And they sang a new song. This is a song that hadn't been sung. This is a song with freshness and uniqueness to it. Why is it fresh? Well, take a look at what they say. Worthy, I'm not even about to sing this, by the way, just so you know. (laughs) Worthy are you to take the scroll. Look at the first line. Why is it a new song? Because they are reflecting on what they have just seen. The worthiness of Christ in taking the scroll and him alone is worthy. And now they're launching into song, the 24 elders and the four living creatures. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. You can break the seals of God. Why? Because you are God Almighty. God the Son, and you can break these seals and unveil what's written inside. Man, I'll just tell you this. We don't know the details of what's going on here, but one thing we do know is as he breaks each seal, we now see judgments come out upon the earth going forward in the next chapters of Revelation. This is the unveiling of the end times. Do you know this thing looks a lot like a Roman will back at that time? They would roll it up and inside would be the will, the statement of what they would want to have done after that person had passed away, after they had died. 
And is this possibly the Lamb's will? What's written inside of what will happen at the end as he puts an end to all death and sin and sorrow and pain and brokenness. Could that be what this is? The Romans actually would seal it with seven seals. Every will was sealed with seven seals. It could be we're seeing the unveiling of his will right here. But we know this, Jesus Christ is worthy to break each seal and bring the next event forward. This is him. He says, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Man, Jesus Christ paid a price on the cross for you and for me. And we have hope because of him. Our sins covered. Life with him. And they're celebrating it out. He said, we were ransomed to people for God. Everybody just say, for God. Man, it's so easy for us to go and we were ransomed for ourselves. For me. And uh, not that. For God. Right? That's the purpose statement that we make much of him. And uh, ransomed to people for God from every tribe, tongue, language, people, and nation. There will be representatives from every group of all of humanity all over the world. Every group will have a representative that will be standing up. There will be some from the all that are a part of this group that is celebrating him. And you have made them a kingdom and priests in our God. Kingdom and priests. Literally, these are our responsibilities and our privileges. Kingdom and priesthood. We have responsibility and we have privilege with God. And... Uh, and they shall reign on the earth. Do you get that? We are going to be ushered into being able to reign with God Almighty. What does that mean? I have no idea. I can't even imagine. But at some level, we get to help be a part of things with him, him in charge. And all of God's people said, man, the song comes out, worthy are you to take the scroll. Remember, the mighty angel says, who is worthy? And the 24 elders and the four living creatures, man, they fall to their faces and they sing out, worthy are you to take the scroll. Worship is beginning in this place, man. They are on their faces and they are singing it out so that the heavens can hear it. But it doesn't stop there. He says, then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the people that are worshiping, I heard around them the voice of mighty angels numbering Myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice. Okay, let's make sure we capture this. First, we have 24 elders and four living creatures. And these are bad dudes, man. They can bring some volume. That's 28. We move from 28 to myriads upon myriads and thousands upon thousands. Literally, that basically means multiply. We're talking by the hundreds of millions, maybe billions. We're not sure what the number is. Massive upon massive, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of angels surrounding this whole area. And the 28 have said, worthy are you. And the hundreds of millions, remember the mighty voice of one angel and what it did. The hundreds of millions of angels now thunder forth. Notice they are saying, by the way, I'm not going to go into a theology moment, but I'll just say this. We're seeing singing out of the 24 elders. We're seeing saying out of the angels. 
Another good indicator that maybe the elders are even human beings. Singing is a very much a thing of God, from the image of God. God sings over us, Zephaniah. We sing. There is much about singing and the character of God in it. These are the angels. They now thunder forth saying, hundreds of millions, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. Amen. Man, they thundered it. Let's just mirror a little of it right here in this room. Our job is to say, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Ready? Say it with me. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Bigger man. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Times millions and millions. Thundering everywhere. That's what he just saw. He just saw Jesus Christ take the scroll to unroll the whole end times. He just saw 28 drop to their faces and sing out that he is worthy. And he just saw hundreds upon millions celebrated out. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Now check this. To receive, count how many things he received. How many did he receive? Seven. By the way, this has one the at the beginning of it, and then this whole seven strung together in the original language. This is a package delivery. Seven gifts given, the sevenfold gift given back to the almighty Jesus Christ. And uh, this is what it is. To receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Right? To receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And you can just feel the nuances in the different portions of it. But that his leadership and his strength and his care and the appreciation on him and the honor to him. No one taking that from him. It is all yours. Jesus Christ. And the sevenfold worship of Christ thundered forth. Worthy is the Lamb by the hundreds of millions. Simple question. How's your worship? I ran into this quote this week. I just thought it'd be a helpful quote for us to walk through real quickly. William Temple is a great man in the Church of England. Back in the early to mid-1900s, he wrote, worship is, worship is the submission of all our nature to God. Worship is the submission of all our nature to God. See, we don't really live that way, right? We're like, worship is an hour and a half on Sunday morning with part of my attention. Worship is, right? Worship is all of our nature given to God. Right, the submission of all our nature to God. But he went on, he defined it more. He says, the quickening of conscience by his holiness, the nourishment of the mind with his truth, the purifying of the imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of the will to his purpose, and all of that gathered up in adoration. True worship, man, it involves all of you. Don't hold back. Make sure the great I am gets your everything. Nothing held back. All of it poured in. He used this phrase here. He says, your conscience, your mind, your imagination, your heart, your will, get all of it in line. And man, 
get on your face. Spend some time with your king where you say, you are worthy. And I am not. And you alone. And you have me and my attention. You are the great I am. And all of God's people said, and give Jesus Christ some worship. How's your worship doing? What a great little model we get here in this snippet, in this little picture. Point number three, join in. He is worthy to be praised by all creation. Join in. He is worthy to be praised by all creation. It says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, and there's detail to it. And I'm just going to say, it says, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, all, right? So this is one of two things. This is literally every single being everywhere. That includes the rebellious, the ones who will not believe and trust in Christ, but they will announce out his greatness. It very well could be that, that this is a moment of call out where all where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and that Jesus Christ is getting a lift up right here from all. Some also say, well, maybe this is more of a hyperbolic statement. He's saying every, but it means every who believe. I'll just tell you this, the fact that he then starts listing in heaven, in earth, under the earth, that's usually a phrase used for those that are in a bad spot with God, whatever it might mean, and in the sea, all of them saying, it almost seems like this is literally every single being everywhere is going to be in this moment, much like when the demons who were in one of the human beings that Christ was talking to, one of the men, and they cried out, you are the son of the living Christ. They're emoting out, they're saying out the truth of it. They don't want to sit under it, but they're still declaring who he is. Much like that kind of moment, it seems that's what's going on. That's my moment thought. I'm willing to be wrong and hear otherwise from God when we get there, all right? I'm just saying to you, we got to deal with a little bit of what it says here. And here's what it says. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. Everybody just say every creature. And we heard every creature. That's us joining in, man. Here we go. To him who sits on the throne. Everybody say that's God the Father. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Everybody say that's Jesus. Right? So God the Father and Jesus, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Non-stop worship to both God the Father and God the Son. May there be a massive celebration. And then I love this. And the four living creatures said, Amen! And they shut that worship down with a massive exclamation point. Let's make sure we grab this again now from the beginning. Who is worthy? And no one comes. And everybody watches as the lamb steps forward. Worthy. And he reaches out and he takes the scroll. And the four living creatures and the 24 elders drop on their faces and worship. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. And the 28 are lifting it up in song, singing it out. 
and the myriads and myriads, hundreds of millions of angels around, seeing all of it and watching all of it, wait for the end of this song, and then they thunder forth, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, and the heavens thunder, and it rocks with His greatness. And then you and I were invited into this massive worship as we step up and we say, worthy is the one on the throne and the Lamb. And there is massive celebration. And it comes to this euphoric moment and the four living creatures scream out, Amen! And the 24 elders drop on their face in worship. And you just got a glimpse of heaven. I can't even imagine that moment and what John felt. Hear me. Jesus Christ, he is the great I am. Amen. Amen. Man, we're not toying around. We love Jesus Christ with all we've got. Let's make sure we give it to him with all we've got. As you go out this week, you worship him maybe like never before. Man, walk this Revelation 5 passage. Make it come to life for you. Celebrate your king. Let him have all of you, not just some of you. And let's watch him be glorified. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're in awe. You are the great I am. You are so worthy. Lord, we are nothing without you. We need you. When the cry for worthiness comes, it is you and you alone who is worthy. And we long for you in our lives. Your power, your presence. And just thank your God right where you are and worship him. Maybe something needs to go right now and it's time to hand it over. Don't hold on. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me for this specific thing. Maybe it's an action or a thought or an attitude. It needs to be done. It is time to worship him whole and pure. Don't hold on to that sin. Let it go right now before him. Lord, please forgive me. Now back to worship one more time, just breathing in deep the greatness of your God. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Just say it back to him privately where you are. You are the lion, Lord. He is the root of David, our hope from Israel. He is the lamb 
who was slain. He is the great I am. No one has his power. No one has his worthiness. Worship him.